Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning, church. Again, my name is Lauren Bass. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a full-time campus minister with a nonprofit organization at CCU. I'm also on the pit crew, Preachers in Training. So I wanted to start off this morning by sharing a story with you. So my fiance, Ryan Reddy, that hunk in the front, say, what up, Ryan? That's my fiance. Just so you guys know, we're newly engaged, okay? And we're really excited. (laughs) But I wanted to share a story with you. Ryan works full-time for UPS. So the big brown package trucks that drive around town, that's what Ryan does. Well, it was unfortunate because a few weeks ago before Hurricane Matthew hit, Ryan got into a little incident with a vicious dog. Okay? So Ryan was delivering a package, and a dog attacked him and bit him on the leg. Okay, do you guys have to worry about this at your job? I don't think so. So what Ryan did was he pried the dog off with his hand, and the dog then bit his finger. It just gets worse. And so he had to go to the doctor, and the doctor prescribed Ryan antibiotics, okay, because it was getting infected. The antibiotics weren't working, so you know what they did? The doctor said, well, you need to go to Conway Medical for an overnight stay and get some IVs hooked up into you. So Ryan is really frustrated. It's upsetting. It's pretty scary. And so we go to Conway Medical. But let me tell you, Ryan and I have really good people in our lives because his family came to visit Ryan. Doug and Christy and their kids came to visit. Jay Elkins came to visit Ryan. And the whole thing was pretty upsetting and frustrating. But what was comical about the whole thing is that everyone that visited Ryan that day brought some sort of sugary-filled candy goodness, okay? If you know Ryan, he doesn't just have one sweet tooth. Ryan has sweet teeth, okay? So they brought gummy bears and Sour Patch Kids. And then Doug and Christy brought a very thoughtful gift basket. And inside that gift basket was a sinful amount of candy, a T-shirt, and a coloring book. Now, this wasn't just any T-shirt and coloring book. Dustin, if you want to cue the, the picture on the slides... That, my friends, is my fiancé rocking a cat t-shirt. Doug and Christy apparently think that cats are Ryan's new best friend. And that dog coloring book is so that Ryan can work out his forgiveness. I'm telling you, we have really good people in our lives. But I, I tell you that story because it was this sweet moment of feeling some, some hopelessness, right? We weren't sure if the infection was going to spread in his leg, in his finger. And, and my brain jumped to the worst conclusions of, like, I hope, I hope it doesn't reach the bone in his leg. I hope he doesn't lose the leg. I hope, I hope, I hope. Okay, And Ryan's friends were able to pray for him. They were able to encourage him and uplift his spirit. And so by the time they left, Ryan had a newfound sense of hopefulness. And you could just see the Holy Spirit activating hopefulness in Ryan's life. It was such a sweet moment. So I tell you that story because we are launching a four brand new week series on hope. And recently, I have clung to this message on hope because recently, recently my grandmother just passed away during Hurricane Matthew. The same week the passing of my father's anniversary was that week. Um, I've been experiencing some hopelessness with my students who are in some seasons of life that are just feeling hopelessness. 
Okay, so I've been clinging to this message. So, yes, Ecos Vineyard Church, I am preaching this message to you, but I am so preaching it to Lauren Bass's soul today. All right? Now, I wanted to share something that, that I feel like the Lord has been stirring in my life lately. Um, so, you guys know I'm a minister and I'm a preacher, so it's, a probably, it's probably a good idea that I carry a tangible Bible with me, right? For any time I want to study the scripture with students, for discipleship, any time I want to get personal time with Jesus. Well, I found myself in a situation the other day that I really could have used this Bible, but I had forgotten it at home. You see, I realized in this moment of my forgetfulness that how often do we physically forget our words at home, the word of God at home, but I think at a greater level, how often do we forget the words in the word? Right? So I want to challenge us as a church, what would it look like for us to physically, tangibly carry the word of God with us, right, to our community gatherings, to church even, to our workplaces, so that we would remember what is in the word. And so as the Lord was stirring this in me, I dug up a few, oh my gosh, guys, these are real life Bibles, real life Bibles, they're not on your phone. Um, and I know when I look at my cell phone, I, I'm not reminded of the word, right? I'm reminded of who's going to text me next. And so I brought these. And so if anyone is in need of a Bible, I would love for you guys to come up at the end of the service. There's three of them, totally free. And I want you to come grab one, okay? Can we do that together, church? Awesome. All right, so turn with me to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is going to be our series text this month. It's also going to be up on the screens. Romans chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father God, we bless the reading of your word today, Lord. We pray that your spirit would be here among us. God, would we leave Seacoast Vineyard Church changed people? Lord, we know that you are doing something in our lives by bringing us here, God. And so we ask, ask that you would activate new things in our life. Would you well up inside so that we would brim over with hope and joy and peace and love? Thank you, God. And we pray this in your strong and mighty name. Amen. All right, so let me set up the context of Romans 15. So this is Paul writing the book of Romans to the Roman people. And he is unpacking for the Romans all that God has done for them in Christ, through our salvation in God. And so Paul is saying that, look, Roman people, Jesus has reached out to you in a special way. He has reached out to the Jewish insiders in a special way so that the non-Jewish outsiders would be able to experience mercy also, so that they would be able to worship God as well. So the message version of Romans 15 actually talks about how the insiders and the outsiders are able to worship God together in unity and clarity. Now, this is really good news for most of us, okay? I am not Jewish, however... I will tell you, a few years ago, I'm serious, a few years ago, I spit into a tube, I put it in the mail, and a few weeks later, I got my DNA results. You have to pay for it and all this stuff. But I found out that I am 0.5% Jewish. How cool is that? You guys are like, okay, that's so cool. Guys, that's really cool. But that's not the main point. Paul is saying whether you're 0.5 Jewish or you're 100% Jewish or you're Gentile, you guys are worshiping God together in unity. And that is Paul's main 
point. And so the aim of Paul's text is to increase our hope, to deepen our hope, and to strengthen our hope this morning. And that is my main point this morning, is that your hope would be increased today. All right? So how many of you said some sort of I hope statement this week? Some sort of I hope statement this week. Maybe it was, I hope it doesn't flood near my house. I hope my power stays on. I hope I lose 10 pounds, but man, all these hurricane snacks, not working out. So how many of you have said some sort of I hope statement? Raise your hand nice and high. Okay, so most of you. So what I want you to do is I want you to think of your I hope statement. I want you to turn to someone next to you, introduce yourself, make a new friend, and tell them your I hope statement from this week. Ready? Go. You guys can talk to each other. It's okay. All right, all right, that's enough hope for you guys. You guys are talkative people today, I like it, I like it a lot. So I'll tell you my I hope statement from this week. I hoped my iPhone 7 would be delivered before Hurricane Matthew hit, but mostly before the new Apple software fried my iPhone 5. Anyone anyone else in the house saying, yeah, about that? You know what I'm saying, the new software update? Apple conspiracy. Come on, guys. Get on it. Get on it. The truth is, we use the word hope all the time. We use it every day. We hope our favorite team wins. We hope 501 is not a parking lot. We hope, we hope, we hope. And the Bible mentions hope a lot in Scripture. Over a hundred times it mentions hope. And so the most helpful definition for hope is is this. It's going to be on the slides. Hope is a contagious enthusiasm for what will come. Hope is a contagious enthusiasm for what will come. And so as you walked in, you should have received a worship packet. On the back side of the worship packet is fill-ins. Now, we preachers love these fill-ins because it keeps us on track. You know, when we have a mic in our hand, that can be dangerous. But it also keeps you guys on track with us as well. And so our first fill-in is the God of hope is hope. The God of hope is hope. So the God of hope is very different from the God of wishes. Scripture doesn't say, may the God of wishes fill you with all limited possible maybe wishes. No, Scripture says, may the God of hope fill you ultimately with more hope. Our hope is founded on something so much deeper than just wishful thinking or human ability or hype. Our hope is founded on a person of Jesus. You see, God is the author of our hope, and God is the object of our hope. And I know a lot is happening in our country right now. A lot is happening in our state and even in our cities across the Grand Strand that would cause fear for the future. I totally get that. And so my question for you today is where are you putting your hope? Are you putting your hope in future success? Are you putting your hope in money? A person of power, maybe the government? Where are you putting your hope today? You see, we put our hope in so many people, places, and things. And so as we build our foundation for a series on hope, it all comes down to one thing, my friends, and that one thing is Jesus' empty tomb. 
You see, Paul told the Corinthian church that without the empty tomb, we have nothing. Without the resurrection, there is nothing. Without Jesus bodily rising from the dead, we have nothing. Check this out in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. You see, if Christ wasn't raised, we're still, we're still broken in our sin. If Christ was not raised, we are the fools who believed in empty promise. That means if Christ wasn't raised, all of Christianity would be this myth. It would be a fantasy. It would be a fairy tale if Christ did not bodily rise from the, the grave. And that's our hope. That's our hope this morning, that the resurrected body of Jesus... And that what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that's our hope, and that's where we put it in. And so maybe you're here today, and maybe you're battling with some crippling worry. Or maybe you're here today, and you've experienced some sort of loss, maybe a job, maybe a marriage, maybe a child. Or maybe you're here today, and you are experiencing some sort of anger and frustration from the media, right? The hopelessness that the media portrays. And so when our lives reach this point of hopelessness, where do we turn? What do we do? Well, the answer, my friends, is to believe. To believe and to trust in the God of hope, who is the source of all hope, who ultimately gives you no ordinary hope. He is the source of all hope. And so I want you to imagine two forced laborers. Each is given the same soul-sucking, boring job day in and day out, hour after hour. And the master says, okay, you first. You have to do the same boring, soul-sucking job for the next year. But at the end of the year, I'll give you a $20 bill and a bus fare. While the other is given a contract which says you do the same soul-sucking, boring job. And at the end of the year, I'll give you $1 million and I will restore you to your family. Which one will whistle while he works? You see what I'm saying? The, the eternal future, the future matters to the present. The future matters to today. Because our hope is sourced in something eternal. And what we believe about the future changes the whole game. We don't believe in false promises. Christianity is not an opiate to just get us to accept life as we know it. You see, hope is guaranteed by the empty tomb, and it's sealed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Because if you belong to Jesus today, you have an upward call on your life. You have an upward call in your life, a call that releases the broken past, promises a glorified future, and gives you hope for today. That's yours. You have hope for today. So the God of hope is hope. And our second fill-in is hope is joy and peace. I remember sitting in my college dorm room freshman year. That was a long time ago. Not really. And I remember sitting knee-deep in some serious fear. 
knee-deep in depression and anxiety, knee-deep in substance abuse, knee-deep in a lot of hopelessness. You see, I didn't have a trust in God. I lacked a total belief in God, and my life had zero evidence of God. Joy and peace, those were just foreign concepts to me at the time. And so Romans 15 is a benediction. Romans 15 is Paul praying a declaration of blessing. Paul is saying, would your life be filled with the evidence of God? You see, joy and peace is produced from trusting in and believing in God. And so as we believe, God grows in us hope for today. And God grows in us hope for the future, hope for tomorrow. Have you ever wondered if God would run out of hope? Like, you get hope. You get hope. You get hope. Yeah, bummer, I just ran out of hope for this section, right? Like, God doesn't actually work that way. God is an abundant supplier of all hope. He doesn't just ration it out. He doesn't ration hope out. He is an abundant, lavish supplier of all hope. And so if you don't believe me, if some of you are questioning whether that's right, we just finished a series in Titus. And if you remember the first chapter, Paul says that God does not lie. You don't believe me? All right, let's look at Titus chapter 1. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. You see, my friends, when God promises he will do something, he really actually does it. He really does fulfill his promises. You really are free from your sins. Jesus really will return. You really will get a resurrected, glorified body. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus really will do these things. And we can really have the hope that he is offering us today. And so joy, joy is not just a personality trait. It's not just an emotion. It's not something I can take on and put off. Joy is actually derived from God and grounded upon God. And peace, well, peace is a confident knowledge of knowing that Jesus has removed our sins. So as when the world is chaotic and crazy, we have an inward calm. So joy and peace characterizes the Christian's life here on earth, but it also anticipates the future, eternity, with Jesus. Joy and peace. And so the more hope you have, the more joy and peace you have. The more hope you have, the more joy and peace you have. And the more joy and peace you have, the more hope you have. Do you see what's happening? It's like a circular dance. So I want all you guys to stand to your feet. And I want you to turn around a few times in circles. I'm serious. Stand to your feet and turn around a few times. There we go. There we go. Yeah, looking good. Looking good. All right, now that we're all dizzy, you can sit down. But do you see what's happening there? The more hope you have, the more joy and peace. And the more joy and peace you have, the more hope you have. It's a circular thing. It's a circular thing. But we have to remember, my friends, that this hope and peace and joy and joy and peace and hope is not derived from us. It's not derived from us. And that's our third fill-in, that the Spirit energizes hope. The Spirit energizes 
hope. And maybe you're here today and you had some deeper I hope statements this week. Maybe your I hope statements were, I hope my depression alleviates or I hope my marriage doesn't fall apart or I hope my family member will be all right. Maybe that's you this week. And maybe there are some of you here today that had some deeper, even deeper I hope statements. I hope, Jesus, for your glorious return. I really do hope for that resurrected body that you promise we will have. Well, my friends, you did not create that hope. You aren't the source of that hope. The Spirit energizes that hope from within. And as you share that hope, it wells up within inside of you and just brims over. The Spirit activates that hope. And so even though our troubles feel hopeless, and even though our feelings feel hopeless sometimes, well, what do we do? We don't set up camp in that hopelessness. No, we pick up the facts, we pick up the situation, we pick up the feelings, and this is what we do. We do not lose heart. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Do you guys remember Thomas? When he wanted to see the nail prints in Jesus' hands and feet. And Jesus, Jesus so graciously is like, Thomas, you know what? You know what? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are those. Because that is real hope. Because what is seen is temporary. And what is unseen is eternal. So I'm going to close with this from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German Lutheran pastor and a famous theologian. He really grasped the meaning of hope. Okay, in his last letter to his fiance, written four months before his execution, this is what he wrote. You must not think that I am unhappy. What is happiness and unhappiness? It depends so little on circumstances. It depends really only on that which happens inside a person. It was stated that Bonhoeffer's last words on this earth were reported to have been this. This is the end for me, the beginning of life. Wow. Guys, Dietrich Bonhoeffer grasped the real meaning of hope. He really understood hope because he had confidence in a future eternity with Jesus that his natural life just couldn't shake. But his hope wasn't his hope alone. His hope was supported by his surrounding faith members in his community. So just imagine, what would it be like to be in a community where we gather together weekly And we worshiped in a tone of hopefulness. What if we used hope language and we actually believed God's promises? What if there was a community like that? What if Seacoast Vineyard could be that community? 
And I believe that we can do that together as a church, and I believe that we do do that well together as a church. And so God is not done yet. God is not done. God was not done when the rain started to fall on Noah. God was not done when Joseph was in prison. God was not done when Ruth was widowed. God was not done when Job's children were all killed. God was not done when Paul couldn't get rid of his fleshly thorn. And God was not done when Jesus was put in the grave. My friends, God is not done. And you know what that means for us today? That means that our hope is not undone. Amen? Our hope is not undone today. So we're going to close off the sermon by doing a benediction. So benediction comes from Latin, which means to speak well. And so we are going to speak well of our brothers and sisters around us today. So I ask that all of you would stand to your feet. We're not going to go in circles anymore. But what we're going to do is we're going to do a final blessing and declaration of Romans 15, 13. So what I would love for you to do is I'd love you for you to have one hand open to receive what God has for you today. And then with your other hand, if you're comfortable with doing this, find someone that you want to um, have them receive the blessing. So one hand open to receive and one hand maybe on someone else's shoulder if you're comfortable with doing that. With someone that maybe is around you or not. So can we all read this together as a church? Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen, guys. Amen. You guys are blessed today. You are loved and you're cared for. So I ask that you would take this blessing, this declaration, and would you walk proudly in your Sunday, fiercely, the kingdom of Jesus following you. Amen. You are blessed. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.